1: Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well then, that's it. Game over. Officially hey, relegated. Yeah.
2: I'm up for I it, it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't be beside so long,
3: mate. Tell me that. Yeah, I we didn't think we... We should have been down in August. Well... In a season where we were effectively relegated before the clocks changed, I think it was massively impressive we managed to hold on to our League One status until June.
1: Yeah, yeah. We ended up doing really well to be fair. Yeah, that, that actually deserves
3: that deserves to be applauded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's happened. The inevitable has happened. Our relegation to League Two has been confirmed. I'll be honest oh, with I, you, I felt I felt nothing. Oh, that's so what I mean. I've been I've
2: been <laughs> sort of, I've been waiting for it for Genuinely, since August, it sounds. I have been waiting for it, so I'm just glad it's happened now. I can actually like try and think about what it's going to be. Like, It's probably going to be crap, but you know, at least at least we. Oh, I say this now. Actually, I'm not even going to say. It. I was going to say at least we might win a few games, but <laughs> fuck me, the way it's going, you never know.
3: Well, the way it's going right now, I'd take just playing a few games.
2: Well, I, I, I'd probably take just surviving at the moment.
3: Mm. Just, my God, we easily I mean, do if... back to back if we've easy, we've still got a club and a team that can actually get on the pitch for the first game of next season right now, I'll take that as a major positive if we've still got a team, yeah, which no, may I, uh... be an exaggeration, but you know things because of the lockdown you you know you may have forgotten just how how bad things seemingly were and it and it weren't looking good. On or off the pitch?
2: No, I, I'm. But I think we're going to struggle actually, big time. To be honest, mm.
3: yeah.
2: this whole this whole of players, obviously not being on furlough, and um, yeah, that that's a that's a weird one because you know most of them are out of contracts anyway, so they're probably just, I'm, I'm assuming, just want their wages. But
3: yeah,
2: even the ones that aren't, where does that leave them? So you know, someone like Mark Oxy or. A, Lennon, or I think the maybe is, is is still in contract. Where where's that leave them?
3: Yeah, that it kind of that was weird a it makes,
2: one. It makes their position a little bit untenable, almost in the sense of you you, you know the chairman or you know your employer is probably going to think, well, fuck you, and I want you out the door. So it's a weird one. Uh, you know, just just someone who who might have a new who who would have had a deal lined up. You know, just off the top of me head, say John White. You know, if if it is every player and he's one of them, the chairman turn around and say, "Actually, go fuck yourself. You're out of contract. Yeah. Go fuck have another club." Yeah, because they're gonna yeah, with the
3: other clubs. They will. They're yeah, no, to... you will, so... you will. And this is the thing with with anyone that's if you've still got a contract next year, then you're laughing. You're you're laughing. But if yeah. you're if you're out of contract anywhere, not even just at South End, If you're out of contract this summer. Who's signing you? And I don't I don't mean that to sound horrible, like that you're a bad player. Everyone's financial situation is like has been rocked by this. So no one's gonna be spending money in the lower leagues. And I know there'd obviously be free transfers, but that goes for wages as well. And we've got rumoured high earners. So you're not gonna go. you're not going to go somewhere else in League 1 or 2 and earn the money you're earning here.
2: No. There was um, a thing that came out. I think it was from The Athletic. And they're, they're quite good. And, you know, you've got, you've got to bear in mind as well, this is after, you know, Kieran and, and Cox have left.
3: Try and not say too much here, actually, because we can try and get a promo code out of The Athletic if they want us to read out their articles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, we, uh, our highest
2: earner now is still on. I think it was fourteen grand a month. So that's, oh I saw, like, that's, I saw this. I saw this three and a half grand a week. I mean, that's still ridiculous out of itself, isn't it? So Yeah,
3: and you look at the the squad we've got now, is by and large, it's it's kids. So there's still
1: three still four, four possibly
3: five looking. senior players that are, are very high earners. Yeah. So um, my God, what before January, when a lot of the big hitters or the big earners went, what was the wage bill then?
2: Mustn't ridiculous. It must been, been astronomical. I mean, I mean, and that still could be wrong, though. Do you know what I mean? It, might, it could be off. There could be a do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Which wouldn't surprise me. But there's a, there's a big issue straight away, you know. Um, forget players rejecting the, refer, uh, the furlough. You kind, you kind of get it in a weird sense, I guess, because that's a lot of money to lose out on. But
3: mm. there's
2: your first issue. Fuck me. Why are players at South United on that money? That's been the issue for a long time. Before if we were pushing players every season I'd get it, but we're not. So I mean what are you all hmm. on that money for?
3: Yeah, like last season we survived on the last day. Yeah. Uh, no lessons. We literally yeah. didn't learn one lesson from last yeah. season. And we've and we've been relegated this season. Yeah, exactly. Where where does that sit with you, the players
2: rejecting furlough? <laughs> Because it's, it's a bit of a... I'm, I'm really... Like, I'm not caught in two minds of it, to be mm. um, On one yeah, hand, I, think, I totally
3: understand it. On one hand, I t- totally understand it. But then on if another you're hand... A player, I th- I th- if you're a player and you've been mucked about with your money a lot this season. Yeah. Are, are you not getting it on time or not getting it at all? Yeah. Then I do almost have to make you right
0: yeah, on that's
3: what stance. I mean. I get it. So, it's a horrible situation. It is. And I wouldn't like to be a player to have to make that decision. I don't blame any footballer in the world, whether it's in League Two or you're playing for a club that are pushing for Champions League football. If you've been offered a contract that's got a ridiculous amount of money on it, you have oh, sign signed it. it. You signed it all day. Only a moron is not going to sign it. It's the club's fault for offering contracts that they can't afford. Yeah, It's not the player's fault. The players are like, it's a bit of a cliche. It is a short career. It is a short career for a footballer. You've got to make your money while you can. Yeah. So we'd all do it. Anyone that sits and listens to this right now and slags a footballer off for the money he earns, you're telling me you turn it down? Yeah, exactly that. You wouldn't. Nobody. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. You're yeah. not gonna. You're not gonna s- tell me you're gonna sit in a board meeting with Ron Martin. You're about to sign for the club. He offers you the the deals six thousand pound a week over a three year deal. You're not gonna go. Nah, pay me less than that. <laughs> you're not. No, uh, yeah. You're not. Just, you're not <laughs> like. Yeah, you're all right. That's an interesting,
2: one really interesting. But as I say, it's they all want to forget about their time here. I want to forget about their time here. So let's just hopefully get over and done with. Let's just forget about and it. We can all move on. So yeah, yeah, and we can go back to talking about legends
3: that we're about to talk about here. So yeah, nice transition. Though. <laughs> Good wasn't <aren't> it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I was going to say because we're we're going to do we are going to do like a season review episode. So that was just a little intro. Because there, be was, there was, there was, there was finally some news, new news out of the the club, in the last week or so. That yeah, the season is now officially over, and we are relegated. And the players refuse to go on furlough, <laughs> rightly or wrongly. Well, that well, that, that's I'm I'm just I'm just reading the headlines, mate.
2: No, oh, no, it's true. <laughs> they have literally news. It's just it just reads fine, doesn't it? Anyway, so we uh, we thought we'd we'd end it on a high and go with uh, well saying that we, we, we wasn't originally going to end it was we we were also going to carry it on and then I think work commitments and just a natural break made sense so yeah we thought well, why not and we've ended up manage, uh, managing to get Daryl Flavin Flavs so I mean first of all he's probably one of the nicest blokes I've ever spoken to in my life
3: yeah not believe
2: how nice he was it's, yeah what it, a
3: lovely geezer. he was almost
2: I think it was almost odd how nice he because it was just <laughs> it was just talking to you like, like he knew you. you know. It was there was no it was no awkwardness or anything like that, which you sometimes get maybe for the first few five, ten minutes, but with him he was straight in, you're right, boys are you doing, blah, 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 yeah. So um, but on the It's because
3: that- I guess with it, these guys being pro footballers for as long as they have been, they've They've chatted to a lot of fans. They've done the pleasantries. They have the pictures taken, the autographs and things like that. So I guess they, they know how to talk to people. But yeah, he was just a, such a laid back, lovely guy. Right, yeah. Here we go then. Daryl Fleharven.
2: All right, you're right. Good, how are you? Yeah, not so bad, thanks. How you been doing all this?
4: Yeah, it's, um it's been good. It's been all right since we've gone back to work and gone back onto the um back into the club training. So that's um that's been a welcome distraction because yeah, obviously sitting in's been quite difficult. Um, uh, same for everyone, but um yeah, there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, just um yeah, like I said. Being out and being back in train has been has been uh, has been good.
2: Yeah, it's about summer, isn't it? Although it look like, looks like it might go back to some sort of lockdown if these um these protests carry on. To be honest.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, they seem to be all over the UK now as well, don't they? So yeah, fingers yeah. crossed that um yeah it doesn't um put us back at all.
2: Yeah, definitely.
3: So, yeah, you know, we we may as well start with sort of. Sort of leading on from that, with with what you're sort of up to now. So for those that don't know, you're um goalkeeper coach at Birmingham. Is that right?
4: Yeah, I've uh, been the goalkeeper coach at Birmingham now for two and a half years now. Um, previously, was it was at Middlesbrough, and uh, previous to that, Leeds United. So yeah it's been four years now since um the transition from playing into coaching and um you know so far it's been good I've enjoyed it um and yeah yeah just um working day to day with the goalkeepers of Birmingham city so it's been's uh, been pretty good
3: it must be quite nice because you've not really sort of had any time out of it. you sort of retired from playing and you were you were almost straight in weren't you
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, I was lucky enough to go on to till 38. Um, I had a little period out. Um, I finished at Bournemouth um, and then I had an opportunity then to just play at Crawley in League Two. Um, I was debating on whether to stop then because at the time um, Eddie Howe mentioned coaching to me and about staying at the club in a coaching capacity. Um, but I just wanted to carry on because I still felt fit. I still felt I had a lot to offer, even though I was 38. Um, and I just wanted to, I sort of wanted to finish on my own terms, if if, if that makes sense. I didn't want to be retired. I wanted to uh, do it myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the, then the opportunity came to, to play. And I played for, I think, September. It was a while before I actually signed. There it was without a without club a couple of months uh, and just keeping fit um, and then I went to Crawley and then played there till January and then I had a period out for about two or three months uh, and then I spoke to Gary Monk who got the Leeds job as manager, uh, he spoke to me about there was an opportunity, a vacancy there as the first team goalkeeping coach and, and offered me it and then he, he gave me 24 hours to make a decision because I was still sort of in an iron about whether to to carry on playing. I had a, a thing in my head for a while that I wanted, to, I wanted to still be registered as a player at 40. I had that as an, a bit of an ambition of mine. Um, and again, I was in good shape and good nick, and felt I could do that. Um, but I, I had that that opportunity and then just just sitting down and, and, and talking with my wife and obviously always knew the next step for me would be coaching. Uh, it was too good an opportunity to turn down going to, to a club like Leeds United uh, as a first-team goalkeeping coach, which was my first job, it was it was sort of out of the frying pan. I was no, I, I'd never been given that responsibility before, and it was just a case of, of speaking to um, experienced coaches, people that I know in the game from over the years, and and learning on the job, which which was great. And um, yeah, it was a great opportunity. I've known Gary for for a long time, and and he had the confidence in me to do it. So. Um, it was a fantastic learning curve for me
2: and, and, and one I'm always grateful for.
3: Mm, huge club
2: as well, as you say.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I had a, a brief stint there as a player. Um, I was at Crystal Palace um, and I had a, I got an injury in a, a reserve game. Uh, I can't remember who we were playing. Uh, I came out on the ball and uh, someone's just... Uh, Thought my face was a football and just smashed me straight in the face, broke my nose, my my jaw, my teeth knocked out. Oh, wow. Yeah, literally. Um, so I was out. Uh, I knew I know the date because it was Valentine's Day that I played. <laughs> <'Cause> I <came> <laughs> <home>. <laughs> and the wife thought obviously I turned into the Elephant Man because my nose was <laughs> the other way, my, my front teeth were all out. Um, yeah, I lived a bit of a state, and um, yeah, I, she wasn't she wasn't going out with me for a, for a few nights after that. <laughs> that. Um, so the, the the obviously I had the operation um, in London, and uh, Neil Warnock, who was the manager at the time, said to me that you know by the time you, you get back. And even doing some some CV work, some cardiovascular work and then um, just doing some work with, with the footballs again with the goalkeeping coach. By the time that comes around, we'll be looking at nearly the middle of May. The season was finishing at the end of May. So basically, I sort of thought, well, this is, this is my season sort of done. Um, even when I come back, I've probably got two or three games. And at the time, Julian Speroni was playing in goal and he was, he was outstanding at the time and it was, it was difficult for me to get get into the side. So in my head I sort of had that this was this was my season over. Um and then I was literally obviously in my rehab with a month to go, not really, you know, thinking, you know, about summer holidays, but to be honest, I was thinking about, you know, going away with a family. And I got a call from Simon Grayson at Leeds United and asked me to come in on loan. Um which I said to him at the time that I wasn't I wasn't fit and I wasn't ready and you know and the club wouldn't let me. Um he then said he wasn't really fussed, he said to do the rehab at Leeds and and he was he was interested in taking me for next season. He just wanted me to get around the place to 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 to, to get to know me, uh for me to get to get to know the club. Um and if I if I got myself fit. Um he even he even said about mentioning about playing me in the playoffs which would, would have been you know crazy because i hadn't played for so long but obviously at the time i had the experience um you know was some of my time at south and i'd won that league um and achieved all i did in that league so he's quite confident if i got myself fit that he would consider playing me in the, in the last game or two and the playoffs um so I went to Leeds then, and obviously then I realised the magnitude of the club and 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 how big the club was, and that was in League One at the time. Um, like I said, I was at Crystal Palace; it was a, pre, a Premier League club now, um, a top Championship club at the time. And even going to Leeds then, you, you realised even then it was a bigger, probably a bigger football club then, you know. Um, and now, as you see them, I think if they get back to the Premier League, they're going to be a real force back in the Premier League in the next few years.
3: Yeah, I mean, even just as to be a football fan, like you, you want to see the big clubs in in the big divisions. And I've I've been to Leeds as a fan a couple of times, and yeah, it's it's incredible that they've been outside the top division for as long as they have been.
4: Yeah, um, it is. It's, it's it's crazy to think of a club of that size. And I'm, I suppose we, you know, looking back, even when I was a kid, they were. You know when they had Vadookas, the Carrie Kules, Nigel Martins, these sorts of players, they were top four when they challenged you for Champions League places. So it's a, it's an unbelievable sort of slump and then sort of rise again. So yeah, I completely agree, especially with my links there as well. You know, we all hope that Legion United can get back into the Premier League where they belong.
3: Mm. So yeah, let's um let's go way back to the start. We've sort of done done the end of your career. Let's so um Youth team at Southampton, is that right? What, um, what sort of standard were they at, at the time? Um, well, I
4: obviously finished um, it, you know it would be like a Premier League academy now. Um, it was still a, you know a great learning curve for me to develop as a, as a goalkeeper. Um, obviously, things have changed you know now compared to what they were then in their level of coaching and and um, just a level of uh, coaching off the pitch, tactical awareness, that sort of thing, te- technical stuff, the social side, the psychological side, you know, now compared to it was then. But it was still a great learning curve for me then and, and, and a place to develop Southampton. And, and I played in the youth team there straight from school at 16. Um, and, and when I was there, there was a manager there in the reserves called Dave Merrington who actually... Managed the first team for a season and and took a real liking to me straight away. Um, And I think after a few months of even just playing with the youth team with the 16, 17 year olds, he was pulling me in with the reserves back then. So it was a different different outlook uh, back in 1995, I think it would have been, where... All now, it's all young players and, and trying to develop young players and get them into the first team as quickly as you can. Um, where back then, it was all experience. You know, players were all experienced. They were all, you know, the goalkeepers were all 35. Uh, Dave Besant and Bruce Grobel are there, who were challenging for the one and two position. Wow. <laughs> I was 35, almost 36. You know, and the next goalkeeper under that uh, probably would have been about 25. He was playing reserve team football, so I was 17. Um... So even at 17, I was playing in the reserves with players at 25, 26 experience, playing in the Premier League. Um, and it was great, great for me, you know, literally, I was at school six months before. And, you know, you're coming out on the playing against Tottenham and, you know, I remember players there playing in the World Cup, Dimitrescu. But Tottenham, you know, was playing for them in a reserve game. You'd go to play Arsenal's, you'd go and play Chelsea's and, you know, it... it if you weren't playing on the Saturday in the Premier League, you would ultimately playing in the reserves on a Tuesday night. So you get getting to play against these, these, these type of players. Um, at that age, exposed a really early age to it, which was fantastic. And um, yeah, that's where my where my journey started uh, in my hometown club. And I did two years, it was an apprenticeship then. No, sorry, YTS it was then. It yeah. wasn't an academy then, it was a YTS um and then um i got a pro contract um at 18 so i signed professional at 18 there and um yeah i went on from then played in the reserves i was on the bench in the first team in the premier league i never ended up i never got an opportunity to play um but i was on the bench uh, i think nine nine times ten times in the premier league again which was fantastic for me as a, as a as a kid as i was then um the only problem was it was a revolving door at Southampton at the time. Manager literally every season a new one came in. When I first went in, and we had Alan Ball, you know, the late great Alan Ball was yeah. was my um, manager, who was who was a brilliant footballing man. Um, you know, everyone loved him there. And, and and then he left. I think he went to Manchester City. Season after that, Dave Merrington, who was our reserves, was in the first team. So it was good for me because he was getting me involved in the first team. Season after that, I think someone else, Graham Soonest came in. Season after that, Dave Jones come in, and I think gradually Dave left, it was Glenn Hoddle, so it was just kept changing, so it was always difficult, and at the time, I was the youngest by, you know, a considerable amount of years, and um, it was always tough, so I always fell back down the ladder every, see- every pre-season, it seemed, so it was, um, it was frustrating because I, I always got myself to a good position where um, where each manager at the time um, thought a lot of me but every season they seemed to leave and the next one would come in and I would be the young one straight away it was cast aside and prove yourself again which was always difficult because I was never the biggest goalkeeper and um, obviously competing with these these guys straight away It was I was young I was the smallest you know, you know there's, there's, I'm interested in these two and all of a sudden you, you sort of hold on a minute he's not too bad and you let your way there then the manager leaves and another one comes in and thinks exactly the same so it was um, it was tough but um, yes yeah, something that, that I had to get on with and, and something that I knew that I'd have to fight my my whole career if I was going to have one
2: yeah, is is that is that ultimately why you left Southampton though? lack, lack of opportunities or just had enough?
4: Yeah, of yeah, it was, it was, it was that. It was, um, it was, it was tough because more, more than, more than two managers there said to me that if you were three inches taller, I'd play you now. You know, when I was eighteen, nineteen, you know, they're telling me they were playing in the Premier League at that early age. You know, which which was, was flattering, but on the other hand was really frustrating because I was I was young at the time. I just, I was seeing, you know, it wasn't really happening, but you were seeing, um, you know, young goalkeepers, maybe like Richard Wright, probably at the time at Ipswich and uh, maybe Paul Robinson. And, and I felt that I had the opportunity, I had the tools to to, to be able to have that opportunity to go in and, and do well. But, you know, again, I had this this, this height thing that I wasn't blessed with always coming against me. So, um It got to a point then when I wasn't involved. And it was a. a, I I had a chat with the manager at the time, and and he basically said, you know, you need to go out and start your career. And I agreed with him. I didn't really want to sit around it something again. Um, and and the only opportunity at the time come along for me to 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 play was Woken in the in the National League as it is now, conference back then. And um it was, uh, it was a tough one. I, uh, I actually spoke with Sam Allardyce when he was at Notts County about going to Notts County, but he couldn't promise me to play, so I was desperate to play. So um, woken for me at the time was only about 50 minutes on a train um, from my home in Southampton, so I thought I'd take the opportunity. Again, I did a little bit of research back then even and realised that all the goalkeepers in that league were all ex-players, you know, Neville Southall was playing there, Nigel Spinks, some some really big names. And I was 21 at the time, 2021. And I just thought it was a great opportunity. So I went there and um, uh, started playing there. And and I had to back it up with performances. Also had a goalkeeper there who was very well um, renowned in the non-league circles um, that I had to try and overcome. And... um, yeah, and then I played at Woking. Managed to play probably about thirty, forty games there, and um, after that, I went to Southend, which was where my career kicked off. Really.
3: Yeah. So just uh, just quickly going back to Southampton, when you mentioned Graham Soonis, it's just reminded me of something. You you weren't around when um when Ali Dyer rocks up, were you?
4: <laughs> I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was. <laughs> I actually um, played. In the same team as him when we played a training match, he um, it was uh, it was <laughs> it was <laughs> it, it. it was it was it was bizarre because he he came in obviously I was with the reserve squad at the time. you said the youth team, reserves, and the first team, so I was mainly in with the reserve uh, lads at the time. And this guy come in, and all we heard was he's George Weir's cousin or something yeah something like that wasn't it okay you know you didn't have the access to you know the online platforms that you do now obviously in the player's background or or, or the the media now that, that can tell you everything about them you didn't really have that at the time so everyone was, I was George Weir's cousin okay okay so we we played a practice match against the first team so I actually played in the practice match with Ali Dyer and you sort of thinking, you know, okay, I was a bit mm, not too sure about him, he, he um, didn't look the best on the ball, he looked quick, he looked quite powerful, but he, he, mm, I was a bit not sure about this guy anyway. The week went on and he was training with the, us in the reserves. And then towards the end of the week, I think we were off on a Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, he trained with the reserves, he played in this match with us. It was a Wednesday off. Then on the Thursday, he wasn't in, in the changing room with us. So I'm, you know, I sort of thought he'd he, he obviously been, he's gone, you know, he's not here. And then we went out and he was in the first team squad. And you're know, like, <laughs> whoa, not doing it um and then lo and behold we were playing leeds united on the saturday he was in the squad which was uh, unbelievable and um he actually yeah he actually got on the pitch and then he had to be replaced by one of the young lads that was on the bench because he was that bad <laughs> I, I remember him. i remember him i'm sure he was put on the right side of of midfield you know in a four-four-two, he played on the right you know right midfield right wing that sort of thing and i remember him receiving the ball and running down the channel with it and this was at the dell and he, he got into a position to, to 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 put a cross in the box and he just kicked it into the stand beyond the <laughs> like, and i'm like you know it was just like ridiculous and i think i think in the end graham substituted him for, for one one of the young lads uh, that was in the reserves with us at the time to get him off because i didn't realize it at the time it was only when i I've, I've, I've listened to, to graham's comments and, and a couple of us i heard uh, Matt Siier speaking about it um, a couple of weeks ago uh, the squad was that was that thin for, for a premier league squad i didn't i didn't realize how thin it was um, so um, but it, it was it's, it's crazy how how even back then that happened. Um and then, then like I said, the same as everyone else, he went after that game. We never saw him again. No one knew what happened to him. And then we found out three or four weeks later that it was some sort of hoax that <laughs> I think was bizarre. Bizarre. But um, that was probably my first little insight to to thinking that you've seen as much as you can see in football. But obviously over the years I've seen a lot more than that so it was my first um, eye-opener to how crazy the football industry can be at times.
2: <laughs> that is crazy that. <laughs> he actually came on for Matt as well didn't he because he was injured. I think he did
4: yeah I think he did because I think Tiz was um, carrying a knock or an injury so I think <laughs> he came on for, for Tiz and um, yeah, he got substituted. I think he, I don't know how long he got. I think he might have got about 10, 15 minutes. And I think, <laughs> I think it was across that I think he might have knocked a kid that was on his, his dad's shoulders <laughs> and, and, uh, in the Milton Road end off his, uh, his shoulders and that got him subbed. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. Obviously, in the aftermath, it was funny. But um, at the time, you were, you were scratching your head thinking, how's this guy gotten in the
2: Premier League? It was
4: bizarre,
2: bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So as you say you didn't you didn't sign for South End. Um who, who was it that signed you at Southend?
4: It was Dave Webb. David Webb at the time. I was um had played against Yoval on a few occasions when he was manager at Yeovil and and just, and just played well against Yeovil, we you know. Um and I I not what I signed. I think I might sign the rest of the season I was in and another year at Woking anyway it was coming to an end and I can't remember I can't remember how I got in contact with him I don't know if it was through his son Danny because Danny was at Southampton I can't really remember but I remember I was in Southampton and um, my contract was running out and he invited me to go down to Yeovil at the time um, so I went to Yeovil and my contract ran out. It was uh, it must have been pre-season, and I went there for a day, literally for a day. Trained, then afterwards he, he pulled me in the office and just said, um, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sign you." So I was straight away, like, yeah, what, what have I done wrong here? You know, actually, I trained well, and then I went back for. He wants, a, he wants a six foot four giant, you know, all that. I drove back from the to my, my house in Southampton and uh, all that going for me. He said, I'm not going to sign you. He said, but what I'll do is I'll give you a call in the next week or two. But he said, um, if anything comes up for you, let me know. So at the time I was a bit like, you know, when I mean, was like, oh, just, if something comes up, you know, all that. So I didn't really know the real reason what he was doing, to be honest with you. Um, then, I think it must have been not not long after, two or three days, four days later. See, he gets a South End job. So, he literally gets a South End job. And then I think the next day, my phone goes and it's Dave Webb. And then he's sort of down the phone, how he was, but he was sort of like saying, That's why I didn't sign you because I wanted to bring you here. So I know if I'd signed you at Yeovil, I couldn't bring you here. So that's why I didn't take it. It wasn't anything to do with how you were. I would have signed you at Yeovil had I stayed there, but I wanted to bring you here because this was, was in the pipeline. I just had to sort a few things out. So I want to bring you in, bring you in here. So I was like, fantastic. It was even better for me because at the time, Southend were in league two, Yeovil in the national league. So it was, um was, was great. So I signed for, for Dave Webb at South Southend. Um, I think Andy Woodman was in goal at the time on loan because Mel Capleton had a broken leg. So uh, Andy Woodman was in goal. And he had to the end of the month, I think, when his contract ran out. And, and Dave Webb said to me, his contract, his, his loan agreement runs out at the end of the month. Don't care how he does, you're going to play. And again, like I said, I think I was only 21, 22, possibly that, around about that age. Um, so it was true to his I think I had to sit on the bench maybe for a game or two. And then he put me straight in, I think it was Carlisle away. So that was my first experience of, of, of first team football, which was a, a real baptism of fire. First game Carlisle away probably the furthest place you could ever go. One <laughs> of those down the years that everyone would have always had a sore hamstring for that sort of, <laughs> <laughs> that one. So, um, yeah, and it was uh, it was um, that was my first game, Carlisle, and we lost three one, I think it was. Um, so um, yeah, that's where it all started for me.
3: What's well,
2: I'm trying to think who was some of, who were some of the characters in that team? I'm trying to think who was about it, that sort of era.
4: Who was in the team? Well, obviously Kev. Oh yeah, Kev. Kev, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> he, was, he was there. Yeah, the everything. He was the eighties so, <laughs> one, um, yeah. David Mayer, uh, Phil Whelan, oh, yeah, Rob, ne- Rob Newman, um, Martin Carruthers, yeah. who else would have played then? Dave Lee?
3: I can't think of myself now some of them were, I can't yeah,
2: so think of the era, I'm trying to... Not long ago, um,
4: it, it wasn't the best team so I can't really remember <laughs> if I'm honest. Um but yeah, those those are probably just a few I can I can sort of slightly remember. Yeah, it was a um it was um yeah, I can't really remember to be honest with you, that first team that I went into. That it was yeah. probably nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, I think. I think yeah. that long ago. yeah.
2: Was it um, was it quite a jump from Yeovil to South End or Not really. I can't I can't imagine it being that big a jump, really. But. What as in
4: uh, as in the the level? Yeah. Of, of uh, well, obviously, I've said in play for Yeovil. I, I had one training. Oh, sorry, season. no,
2: sorry, not Yeovil. Uh, Woking. Sorry. Um. It, it
4: it felt yeah, it felt it. Um, but nothing too nothing too great, if I'm honest. Um. You found that in that in that era, a lot of ex-pros, a lot of even big name ex-pros, who were very local to their area, played for their sort of, you know, if you went up and played Southport, at the time, I remember playing Southport and it was full of old Liverpool players, old Everton players, yeah, yeah. you know, towards the end of their careers, offered probably a year, two years, you know, to go probably train twice a week and play on a Saturday. So you were playing against players that still had good technical ability, probably not the legs that they did. So you're still playing against those sort of players. And then when you went into League Two, probably they had players that were a bit more dynamic and 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 had a bit more energy. But technically, there wasn't a lot of, of difference. But obviously, for me at the time, playing in the Football League as opposed to playing in the in the national of the conferences it was then, it felt bigger to me because yeah. it was the first step and it's where I sort of wanted to be. So, you know, I looked at it and, it. and and at the time as well, it was, it was, it was full-time football where Woking, national the conference for me was was training Tuesday and Thursdays, playing on Saturday. I kept myself fit during the week. I actually went in and trained with Portsmouth. Um, because I'd been, re- I'd been released or I'd left Southampton so and I, I, I was training at Woken twice a week. I'd gone in at Portsmouth because my brother was playing there. So they let me go in there and train with the reserves at Portsmouth. So I was keeping fit on a regular basis, but 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 getting my game time like now, if I looked at it, it was, was, was great because that's exactly what I would want from my young goalkeepers now would probably be to train full-time with me but go and play if they could play in the National League it would be great because they're getting game time so that's effectively what I was doing. Um, so yeah and again moving to Southend full-time football felt felt real, felt um, what I wanted you know I wanted to train through the week and then to build up to a game at the end of the week um, and then have the chaos of Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, like like we, like we had in uh, those, you know, playing in all the Cups and the Football League trophy, those sorts of things. So it was, um, it was exactly what I wanted. But level-wise, yeah, yeah, probably. I, I'd probably do it a disservice. It was, it was probably better, yeah. Yeah,
3: because yeah. I think that maybe, like, certainly some younger South End fans may only sort of remember you from kind of that era between, like, 2004 to 2008 kind of time. But, you know, by that time rolls around, you've already been here quite a long time. You actually had two spells with the club. Your, your, yeah, time sort did. Of ended, your first spell ended around, was it 2003? Yeah, yeah, probably
4: was. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think so. 2002, 2003, it would have been. It would have been after probably Rob Newman. Steve Wignall was the manager, I think. Yeah, yeah, it would have been him. Uh, he came, I think he came in. towards the end for a bit Um, but yeah I'd already I think I already played probably 150 odd games maybe even more by then Um, but yeah yes yeah he came in Steve Wignall but for uh, I can't remember how many games Um, but yeah I ended up leaving the club for, for a bit, to be honest, um, I think at the time I always heard that he was, I think he was at Colchester and he wanted to bring a goalkeeper at Colchester in. I already heard this from, from an agent that had, already, had heard this. Um, so I sort of knew my time was coming to an end, but at the time I was in a really dark place because I, I'd lost my brother um, around 2001. So I was really going through a tough time um, leading up to that. And I think he, he came in, obviously now you probably get the help you would need. Uh, I didn't get any at the time. My mum had uh, I had a small family, lost my brother. My mum moved out to Spain with her, a new husband and my stepbrother. So I was in the country on my own really. I didn't really have any family. Um, and, and I lost my way a little bit. And I think he come in and, and, and saw, probably I wasn't living my life right, and saw it as an opportunity to, to, to move me out, um, which, which what happened, um, I was then on the on the, the cusp of signing at Wimbledon in the championship. They'd gone into administration and they were keen on signing me. So I was just waiting for Wimbledon to come out of administration before I signed for them. Um, but it was taken, taken forever, it seemed. Um, and then I got a call from, from someone um, at South End Echo, a Bernie friend. Yeah. Spoke to me and asked me what was going on. So I explained the situation and then he said, oh, would you come back? And then I was a little bit, mm, don't know, maybe. And then, and then Steve Wignall rang me up and said, no, I want to get you back in. I want to get you back in. So I was a bit, mm, okay. So I ended up re-signing at South End, coming back in played me and then he left he got I think he lost his job because at the time I came in club was struggling I think we were in the bottom three come in well I think league two must have been league two
3: yeah
4: the bottom three I came back in um, played a couple of games and then I think he got sacked and then I, I think that was when Tilly would have come I think Steve Tilton would have came and then, obviously, then I carried on. I carried on playing, and, and then sort of, it started. It started going really well personally, and, and for the team, it started going really well, and we we started heading in the direction that we wanted to.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So in that era when um, when Tilly's come in, it was, just, it was sim- similar to what we said um, when we chatted to Kev. Like, so you've you've been there quite a long time. Already, like at that point, when when did you sort of start to realise that when certain players were coming in? Because obviously, that first well, the half season that Tilly was in, we did stay up and a good run of form to, to stay up. We got to an LDV yeah. final. You know, did you think like, oh yeah, we could we could do something next season, which we did. Obviously, like go on to win the playoffs the, the following season.
4: Yeah, I just I, I felt obviously from being itself, and it was stronger. The, the level of Training. The standard of training went up. Um, It's always hard to predict how you're going to go, you know, each season. But staying up, and then we 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 followed the season up. A few players came in, and and I've said this before. I think, you know, Steve, he got it right because I think he ended up bringing in players that were just starting to 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 get going to hit. The sort of the start of the peak if that makes sense and yeah I I thought you know with the players we had we were we were capable in that league of of achieving something and personally I wanted you know I wanted that you know I I didn't want to be sat in league two um and and speaking around you know with the lads and no one else wanted that and the thing is with me, I was so I'm so fixed on what I was doing. I was working with Lee Turner, my goalkeeper. Coaches. I was so fixed on what I was doing. I always thought if 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 I was putting in my performances as a goalkeeper, then it would benefit the team anyway. So I was so fixed on what I was doing, and so had that um, drive to just you know I'm going to sort this out back here, lads. You do the rest, and that sort of thing. Um, so I didn't really pay too much attention what was going on. I was just focused on what I was doing, and and then obviously then you, you gradually, as a team, you, you you sort of get on a roll and get on momentum, and then you're brushing teams aside. And you're starting to think, hold on a minute, we could, we could do something here. Um, and yeah, that season in League Two, um, players were hitting peaks, players were performing well. We looked fit, we looked sharp. No one was dropping off. So you're starting to think that we, we could. We could probably achieve promotion it um i think we made the ldv trophy again yeah that year and then we started it in a bit of a, a bit of a patch where we dropped i, think we, I don't know if we dropped into the play i think we we're in the top two we dropped into the playoffs um and i think we went someone like grimsby on the last day i think we needed to yeah win, didn't we? we draw one all and then yeah it still holds us <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 Um and we, I think we dropped into the playoff positions. Um, and then I think, you know, from there, you people were saying that, you know, that team that dropped out on the last day, hit the playoffs, they're going to be so despondent and so um, down about it, that they'd probably end up being, the, would be the favourites to win it, even though they, they they were in third position. So we as a team didn't, didn't want that. You know, we'd, we'd come so far and, and see then the playoffs, to to win that even at whatever level, League Two, League One Championship, whatever level we win the playoffs is, is a great experience. And the only downside to it that, that it wasn't at Wembley, seems to get to the final of all these competitions and none of them were at Wembley. So yeah. it's still great yeah. great memories, great memories. And, and obviously then we sort of um yeah we you know start part of probably the best side to the club's had, to be honest in the last
3: History. Yeah. did you think as well? We just we just literally just carried that wave on again because you know we go and we go and win the league next year. It's it was an incredible yeah, run. Yeah. It's funny, uh, it's
4: funny though, isn't it? How many times that happens? You see it quite a bit. Yeah. See it quite. It happened. You know, momentum's a massive thing in football. Just adding a few, adding a few uh, new faces and a, and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a little bit more quality um, that summer. I think we lost the first game. I've yeah, seen. we did. It was the first one, yeah. Um, something like Bradford City, someone like that, I think it was. Um, and then, yeah, then I think you start thinking it's a high level, and we get a couple of wins, a couple of wins, and you think, hold on a minute, this we 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 all right here, we we could be all right, we, you know. We, we had that momentum of promotion the season before, and um, yeah, it was one of those you could just feel it, you could just feel something was 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 happening. And um but obviously we have to back up with performances and like I said, I just I think players were hitting their start of their peaks uh, at the right time. And um yeah, at the time I think the club benefited from that.
3: Yeah, yeah definitely. Massively.
2: What what was it like sort of having the, the, the centre arts we had at the time? Because they almost would have made your job a little bit easier, I guess, wouldn't they? With like without like Barrett and Soji and Spencer Pry and all that.
4: Yeah, well, I think, um, yes, like, especially when Adam came in. Adam was brilliant in front of me, loved playing in front, of, you know, behind Adam. Um, Spencer Pryor as well. Spence was um, experienced, you know, playing at the highest level. Man City and, and Norwich, I think it was, came down and he, he was still positioned. He didn't have the pace he used to have, but positional-wise, he was still was still really good at rock. Effie come in as well and was um, a real tough player and hard to play against, and I and I I imagine him for for strikers was a nightmare to play against. So we we were we had abundance of riches in that position. So for me, it was great. So like I said, you know, organising them in front of me was was an easy job because they're all experienced players and um, they 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 knew. Exactly what they were doing, and it was a case for obviously me just to just to mop up behind them and and do my job when it was was come to you know defending the goal from shots or defending my area from crosses, those sorts of things, uh, and doing my part behind those guys.
3: It was almost the perfect storm, really, wasn't it? Everything just seemed to click at the right time. We had so so many people will say that when you've got a, a striker like Freddie up the other end that could take a tight game take something out of nothing to nick us the goal is so, that yeah but the reason we've kept it tight at the other end to get that one goal is because we were so solid at the back we had a like consistent back four consistent keeper it was just such a perfect time
4: it's a great platform isn't it for whatever team you are playing. if you're solid at the back and you kept clean sheets and there was really there was really any mistakes back there, you know, not just from myself, but from the centre arse, from the from the full backs, you know, even those guys, Shea Wilson, you know, Lewis Hunt, Duncan Jupp, um, those guys that probably didn't, you know, you talk about centre arse and goalkeeper, those guys have done a fantastic job as well. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic platform to build from when you've got a solid, you know, defensive unit that, that didn't give a lot away and, and teams would really have to do something to score past us, whether it was a was a fantastic you know bit of bit of play or a set play or something, you know, real teams really had to earn it. And then going forward, yeah, obviously, talk about people hitting peaks at the right time. He come in from Gray's Athletics. We knew nothing about him except he lived in a caravan and <laughs> was. Unbelievable, wasn't he? He was fantastic for us at the time. Freddie Eastwood, you know, um, what a player! So you had that. You also had the boys in midfield: Kev um, and Mark Gowers, Mark Bentley's, um, Alan McCorr you know, uh, Nicky Bailey. These 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 people. Uh, Apologise if I forget them. There's been so many um, fantastic players that we, you know, at the right time were hitting peaks and. Um, and performing and um, again we're all on a bit of a crest of the wave it's it's hard to put put your finger on it why it, why it's working um but it just was i just think we were all we were all in a good place
3: and, and performing at a high level it's amazing that because obviously you'd love to replicate it all the time but when you can't actually put your finger on why it's happening it's difficult to do it because i think nowadays it it becomes very forced for a lot of clubs now, but then, it, and then taking it to the top level, you look at what Leicester did a couple of years ago. They'd probably say the same thing. It was just that wave of momentum, and you, yeah, it, it, it just happens. Yeah, I, I, you can't. I mean, I mean,
4: looking looking back to to sort of you know the levels that that I've I've gone on to achieve and the people I've worked with and and training and the methodical approach to quite a lot of um training sessions, the games, uh, the tactical stuff, you know, no disrespect at the time to say, but we weren't really doing that. We were sort of, we were probably, you know, a lot of the time playing small-sided games and um, we were going into games where we know a lot about the opposition. We wouldn't constantly work on set plays, defending them or scoring them. We wouldn't work loads on team shape. We sort of, um, we, we we did on a few occasions, but it wasn't religious. Like again, a lot of the managers I work with, religious, you know. Um, but again, it was just a good, again, it was a good environment, Steve and, and Brushy had built that environment. as a great environment to uh, to be involved in. And sometimes that, that, that goes a long way. Um, and, and like you say, sometimes, it's a team spirit and, and that sort of thing that, that that can help you achieve things. Like like we say, you look at Leicester, it was what do they play? They play 4 4 2 counter attack. They sat in, they, they sat in a low block. They let teams try and score. And when they turned the ball over, they just they play it into the space to Jamie Vardy. And they won the Premier League and got into the Champions League doing that. And, and a lot of people you speak to that were in and around that said the same thing it wasn't loads going on but they're they had a great team spirit they 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 um i think they were doing that under Nigel Pearson as well and things come together at the right time everything aligned at the right time and it was it was their time and again
3: what a what a great story that was mm. so yeah and, um a little while ago you mentioned about having to do something special to like, score past us so you know we'll have to lead on to the man united game where oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: that was, you know, that was gonna take something very special to beat you that night, wasn't it? Was Was that? Was that the best game of your career?
4: I remember in that game, I remember coming for a ink swinging, cor- no a free kick, coming into the box, and it was the 88th minute. I remember taking on my six-yard box, catching it, and then I looked up at the clock, and I actually thought I could play this game all night. I'd love it to go on all night. <laughs> I wasn't even. It wasn't even getting to a point where I was desperate for the clock to run down. I sort of just thought I could just play this game all night. It was. Get it. It felt great. Yeah. It was. Um. It, it, yeah. I mean, people will say that to me. It was my best performance. I, I I don't know. I I I wouldn't necessarily agree because it's it's different when 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 the ball's coming off the end of the boot of Cristiano Ronaldo or Wayne Rooney, and you're saving, making saves. It's Seems a lot glamor more glamorous than it is playing no disrespect the way it, didn't play away at Preston or home to Preston the game before and, and I put on a, I had a good performance in that game the week before I think we played Coventry and again had another good game against Coventry but you're making saves from you know you're not making saves from Cristiano Ronaldo are you' you're not making saves from Wayne Rooney so people will say that to me but I think I, I you know I, I thought I was fortunate enough to have performances of similar levels um, against, obviously, weren't against Manchester United, the biggest team in the world at the time.
3: I remember as well in the game after that when we um, obviously played Tottenham. You, you played well that night as well, and we, we get done by an offside goal. Yeah, again, that was it. Was another uh, another great night. But it was again, it was something that, that
4: I wanted. I wanted to be playing at, uh, in those sort of places. I wanted to be playing against those sort of uh, teams and. Again, it was a similar similar game. I, I didn't want that one. I didn't want it to win. I was gutted. I was fuming when he scored the vote, because obviously it was offside. But I wanted it to go to penalties because I fancied myself in penalties as well. I sort of thought I could, you know, if it went to penalties, we'd win the game. Um, so um, yeah, and again, again, it was it was a good night for me personally. It was a, the, I had a lot of um, work to do that night and. I loved it. I enjoyed it. That's what I wanted. I wanted to constantly be under pressure. I wanted to constantly be tested. Um, and it, it, like I said, it's different. When, if, that, I mean, if I was Berber Tobbs at the time, whoever else was playing at the time, when it's happening from these guys, people make a big fuss about it. The national papers made a big fuss. You know, constantly, They constantly were ringing me after Man United. They're constantly ringing me after Tottenham. But I'm like, Come down the route all so with. They're still doing this sort of thing week in, week out. You know, it's come and watch me
3: against. Yeah, come and yeah, watch me yeah. in a league game, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't mean that in a in a, in an arrogant way. But I felt like I was still performing like this, even in the league. Uh, you know, on a in front of. Ten oh five, yeah, you
0: know, you know,
3: I, don't, so. I don't, I don't, I don't think supporters were were shocked when you have had this amazing game against Man United. Because yeah, by this point, we've we've seen you do it for. Well, like five six years at this at this time. Yeah, it was, it
4: was. It like I say, it was just. It was a fantastic night. You know, obviously, personally, but for the for the for the team and just for the football club. I mean, that's something that you know no one will ever forget. You know, in the club's history, it was a, it was a fantastic night. And you don't realize at the time what you've just done. You don't realize what you've achieved. You know, I know it was just a one off cup game, but to beat that team was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know. I think they went and beat Roma in the Champions League with a similar team, like, two, three weeks later, 7-1. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was yeah, unreal. So it was it, just fantastic. It was a fantastic period um, a time, not you know, not just for us, but for the fans as well. You know, what a time for the fans it, it must have been. So um, we're just delighted to be part of it, but... Um, it was it was great. I always remember the night of Man United going out and warming up. So we used to go out and warm up with uh, my goalie coach Lee Turner. We used to go out quite early, and built, leading up to the game, I think they played Crew the game before and they put the kids out. So leading up to the game, I remember doing an interview with a with a um, newspaper. I can't really remember who, and they were asking me about the team, and we were, I was saying that you know, for me, I'd love it if they put put the big guns out. And whether they will or they won't, I don't know. And I was out warming up and I was, um, I was doing some handling drills and some movement drills with, the, with, with Lee. And we didn't, I didn't know the team at the time. I didn't know what team they'd put out. So I was out warming up, catching the ball, and, and they, they read our team out and then they read theirs out. So as the name started reeling off, it started me and Lee are looking at each other like, whoa, here we go. <laughs> Like that. And we we, we finished our set of, of eight or ten or whatever it was. And then we come up and he went, I think you might be busy tonight, Flavs. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think you're right, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was great going back in and then we're ready to ready to play them. It was it was fantastic. What a night.
3: Would you prefer them as a keeper to, to be, yeah. like, busier? 100%. 100%. I, yeah,
4: loved it loved it, uh, you know, if I could, if you could play those games every week, that's exactly what I wanted, uh, and it's like I said to you then, even, even those games, Tottenham's and Man United games, I just didn't want them to finish, you know, regardless of the consequences on getting knocked out of a cup or losing the game or whatever, I didn't want them to end, you know, that, that was what I, I put my gloves on for when I was a kid at like seven years old for, was to, was to play in those sort of games, and Against these these types of players, and I, I always liked it. I always, you know, even even going up the leagues with South ending You go you'll go to these, you know, going up into League One and these big clubs that are dropped from Premier Leagues into League Ones, and going up into the Championship, and, uh, playing against going to these big grounds and playing against these teams it was something that I relished it. I, I loved it. Um, to a point when you know, even when it got to a point where I think we dropped back down into League One and we're playing teams we expected to be, I just a bit like I want to play against these big teams. That's 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 what I wanted. That's what really drove me on as a as a person and as and as a footballer.
0: Hmm. Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing Champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app.
1: that's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: You said there, obviously, that like we eventually get unfortunately get relegated and head back to League One, but... Do you think it's just a case of not being good enough uh, as, a, as a team, or do you think we got unlucky, really?
4: Um yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think we were good enough. I don't think we were good enough. Um I think we were there were there were certain things. Uh, I think we could have probably invested a bit more on the on the playing side of it in that January, um, which we needed to, we needed to strengthen, which we didn't. Um and I think structurally we needed to be a bit more intelligent than what we were. We were a little bit naive, um, and, and and as you go up, you, you you sort of need that. And I just felt we 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 fell a bit short, probably in that that side of it. And that sometimes is the difference between between the levels you go up. It, it's just those small details, but they make a massive a, a, a massive difference. Um, the higher you go. And um unfortunately I think we were just a little bit little bit naive. Um and, and probably the investment side of it, I think we needed to bring in a, a bit more strength and depth um to probably a stay to stay up. Uh fortunately we didn't.
0: Mm, yeah. Did you
2: did you think personally like though that you could at that level?
4: Yeah, yeah, de- yeah, definitely. I I felt that at that probably that time. That was where I was at, that was my level. Um, uh, we, we came down and, and stayed the, the season itself and then made, made the playoffs, but my intentions were I wanna get back into the championship with End, or I wanted to get there again, you know. Um, I wanted it to be with End, but, it, but it, it just wasn't the case. We lost the playoffs and we we, we, we got battered in the playoffs. To be against a very good Doncaster side that were very, very good with and without the ball. They were very um, tactically, very good. And, um, you know, we, we fell ridiculously short that night, um, especially in the second leg against
3: them. Did it ever like, used to really frustrate you when people would comment on your height? Because we all know as supporters that you were like, more than a very capable goalkeeper. Do, do you think that possibly, as so I say, you got to the championship? but Do you think that held you back from getting even higher than that? Do you think people were put off by by your height?
4: Yeah, yeah. Because I was I was told as a kid at Southampton that they'd play me in the Premier League. You know, so I knew if I'd have been blessed with that that physical um, size, the height, not size necessarily, but height then I would, have, I would have probably had the opportunity at Southampton to, to have played in the Premier League. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna lie and try and be modest about it. Yeah, I think it did. I think it did held me back from playing in the, the Premier League. And I think if, had I been 6'2", six, 6'3", six, that I'd have had the opportunity. Um, but unfortunately, I never did, you know. I measure one meter 80 which is five feet 11, which is, as a goalkeeper, isn't, you know, isn't what people want. You know, if you're investing and you've got the opportunity to bring in a goalkeeper, you go for all this criteria on on the, on the goalkeeper and it's always that mm, size thing that you don't. So did it annoy me? Yeah, it did. Because I felt that I was, as a, as a player, Good enough to, to, to play at that level. But to always be knocked back because of because of something that was out of my control was sometimes hard to swallow. You know, I, I think the fact is that whenever I was criticized, no one ever criticized me technically or tactically or anything. It was always the the physical side of it, you know, people would say, oh, you know, you you, you kick a ball on an now, he can't catch it, I could. You you shoot at me from six yards, I can make a great reaction save. If you want me to kick a ball 80 yards on someone's head, I could do that. Stick crosses in my box, I could come and deal with them, you know, but it was always, you're standing in that eight foot by eight yard rectangle. Mm, Not sure about that, you know, I don't know. So. Obviously at the time I was like, look at, look at what I do. Look at what I do when I'm in there. You know, there's not a lot going wrong. There's a lot of positives and I don't really make that many mistakes. And, but you know, what could I do? I couldn't really do a lot about it. So I had to sort of get on with it and and, and work doubly hard to, to try and get to a level where I wanted to be or where, you know, as high as I could possibly get.
3: So that um, after that, after that Doncaster game in the playoffs, was your was your contract up then?
4: Yeah, my contract was had run out, uh, and this was this was a, this was probably a strange this was a strange situation as well. Um, the season had literally was literally finishing, and I think it was Steve at the time come up and asked you know what, what what my plans were. So I was like, well, are you willing to, to offer me something? You know, obviously, oh, yeah, of course, of course we will. And it was eight years for me. Again, like I said to you, I, I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to probably get back into the championship. But I was also keen on staying because two more seasons, I had 10 years at the club. So that was something that was appealing. And if the club would have invested on the playing side of it the season later... I would, have, I would have probably signed. I would have probably stayed at the club. Uh, I, I, and I mean that. I would have probably stayed. So I, I mentioned this. you know. I mentioned, obviously, I wanted to get a couple of years. Um, I wanted to take it to 10 years. I wanted to, uh, this. I wanted some reassurances that the, the, the best players weren't going to leave and we would get more players in to, to strengthen to get back into the championship. I told them my, what I wanted to do what I hoped the club would try and achieve and then uh, then it was like okay yeah no problem yeah that's not a problem we'll get that sorted so I was like great, okay no problem I'm, I'm happy to resign didn't hear a thing didn't hear anything from the manager the assistant no one at the club nothing so the summer carried on nothing then I eventually had spoken to Steve and then he said to me that the the chairman didn't want me to sign two years, which I was, for, for whatever reason, why not? So he just wanted to offer me 12 months. You know, after everything that I'd done at the club, I was really disappointed about that. Mm. Um, again, I said, look, for what I've done, I feel as though I deserve this. Um, then I went back. And eventually rang the chairman, personally rang the chairman because I wasn't getting any straight answers. He said, no, it's not, that's not the issue. I'd be quite happy to offer you two years, but it's, other, it's coming from someone else that he doesn't want to give you two years. So I'm like, who's it coming from then? And then it was like, oh, I was going, you know, it was going back and forth then between the manager and him and him, and no one's giving me a straight answer. So I then eventually said, well, listen, we don't get this sorted, then I'm going to see what else is out there. Um and then I spoke to my agent and he said the same thing. We were getting messed around by the club. So I said, Well, just see what's out there within a day. Come back and said, Hull assign you, Crystal Palace assign you. Okay, brilliant. Two big big clubs. Try getting back to South End. South End weren't budging. Okay, spoke to Crystal Palace, we spoke to Hull. Um, and in the end, it was quite I felt that they were the South End were were pushing me to get me out, which was really disappointing. So I was very angry about it. And then when I left the club and signed at Crystal Palace, the club stance was we offered Flav's a contract and he turned it down and left to go to a bigger club. And you know, then people are you know you know leaving the club. You you know that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. Um, I felt quite let down to be honest with you. Because after everything I'd achieved, you know, I would have been quite happy to stay, but I had no other choice. I had to see what else was out there. Then the opportunity to, to 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 go to a a big club, Crystal Palace came up. It matched what I wanted to achieve, and um, yeah, that was that. That was that. So it was really disappointing to for them to come out and say that because it was it was the old trick. Of let's offer him something that we know he's going to turn down and that's what happens in football a lot you know and the player gets made to look like the bad guy but that ain't always the case yeah it's not always the case because they know you're not going to accept that and then when you do go they come out and say because they know the backlash probably at the time because i was quite a, pop, I was a popular player there so I knew the backlash would have come out if they would have just not offered me something. But I, started, I felt as though at the time the people at the club wanted me out for whatever reason. And lo and behold, when I left, I think two days later, they signed Steve Mildenor. So, and again, I, again, I know a lot of people in football and I knew that that deal was being, um, was being done while I was still at the club. So like I said, it was... Um, it was disappointing, to be honest, but not something that I held a, a grudge about because because I was fortunate to to to, to stay at that level, and unfortunately, Southend didn't. So it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably was best for me. So
3: yeah, a bit strange. Just like, just be honest. Just, this, yeah. this is like this is like grown men dealing with grown men. Just be honest.
0: Yeah, uh, and
4: that's something that you, that you ask for. It's like like I said, you know, we you know players get the 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 brunt of of all of it, but sometimes these owners these chairmen, they've got a lot to answer for as well and they, they 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 get away with a lot of things but um sometimes you've got to look a bit deeper and know the real story behind a lot of things before you can start to start to criticize because like I said, I our state at South end had you know had their they the done some small um sort of budging here and there on a couple of things which weren't too particularly big and, and it would have been done like I said but then obviously I left a new goalkeeper coming on a bigger contract than I than I originally asked for so there you go
3: yeah classic that we've done we've done that quite a bit in the last sort of three four years as well and and now look at us <laughs> yeah. Listen,
2: there's,
0: there's, there's yes, a
2: recurring think... theme there if uh, someone involved That's in sense. deal so Sometimes it's better than the devil you know, isn't it?
4: Sometimes the grass isn't always greener. I felt like as as you saw, I think as as then I left, you see that you actually see the profile of the team again. Because I'm one one of those sad people that, that that analyzes quite a lot. You see the team starts all becoming six foot odd giants, and you're losing that sort of instead of getting a bit of a balance there of technical quality it all went a bit they wanted a big side which hence made sense when I when I went a few other players went, and you looked at that South End side probably six months later it was probably just a big big side which maybe that's what they wanted there
2: I've not thought of it like that when you when you say that thinking back to we did sign quite a lot of six foot plus players back then so it makes some sense
4: It it may have been a way that whoever thought that that is the way to move forward and that is the best way getting results in League One at the time. You know, which which isn't always the case. So, like I say, sometimes it's it's better the devil, you know, and and the grass isn't always as greener. But um, yeah, that 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 was that and um, disappointing. Disappointing that 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 people thought that it was me um, leaving for money, and people saying I left for money or left for sold my soul. All this rubbish that I heard. It was that wasn't the case at all. That wasn't the case at all. I'd have happily have stayed at Southend. I'd happily have stayed at Southend.
2: Yeah, yeah. So obviously, like you say, you moved on to Palace then. Um, what was that like? Like you say, it's quite a big club. Quite some big players back then. How, how was that?
4: Yeah, big it was a huge jump, um, in training, um, even around the, around the place. It was, it was, it was, it it was a, it was a big club. Um, you know, some really experienced players, there, you know, Sean Derry's, Clint Hills, Danny Barfields, James Scowcroft, you had some players like young players coming through like Ben Watson, Victor Moses, Nathaniel Klein, these guys, so you're in and around that, which was, was great again, uh, you know, moving on from Southend in at palace. This is the sort of circles you sort of want to be working in, you know? Um, obviously at the time I went in there and, and, and Julian Speroni was, was the other goalkeeper of me at the times. Another, there was Scott Flinders, there was a, another one. So I went in and it was, it was out of me and me and Julian Spironi at the time. And I didn't realize how good, he actually was. Um, but I found out pretty quickly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, um, my, my a mate of mine's a Palace fan and he, he said he's probably his, his favourite player in the last 15 years. And he said he was absolutely un- incredible.
4: Yeah. I, I think I, when I went and spoke with Neil Warner, he was, he was a bit sneaky to be honest with me because he he was like saying oh you know you know I like my goalkeeper. I'm not a massive one on massive goalkeepers I find a big goalie's quite clumsy and you know, I like him a bit you know and and I like you I, I try I even spoke to my chairman about you at Sheffield United about trying to get you in at Sheffield United with me um, I think before Patty Kenny went there um, so he was he was saying this and he was like saying yeah we've got Julian's grown here and you know he might find it difficult that when you come in the door so it'll be a good 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 fight between you both and so i was like oh, okay this sounds good this sounds you know again really good club i mean they just missed out on the premier league the season before in the playoffs well great yeah um and then when we went into pre-season like i said to you before obviously new julian was a good goalie but i didn't realize how good he was but I had no problem with that, I liked it. I liked the challenge and still felt that, you know, I could have, still had the, I still could have played, you know, and and, and it would bring me on. Um, it, and I had that, that perception of Julian that he would be very punch in everything and very sort of loose with his goalkeeping and that it was completely the other way around. The guy never made a mistake. He had the tendencies of like an English goalkeeper. He was quick. He was agile. He was dynamic. He was powerful. Um, he was fantastic. And, and to boot, he was the nicest guy you'd ever meet. So it was hard not to lot like him. Yeah. Was so nice. Um, I loved him. He was brilliant. Um, so it was um, a huge challenge and I didn't realise how highly regarded he was with the fans. He was a bit similar to, to myself at South End and he was like that at Crystal Palace. So even when I, in the pre-season games, I would be playing. It was a bit funny. I used to get a, little bit of, I'd get a little bit of stick sometimes from a couple of fans because they obviously thought that highly of Julian. They didn't want someone trying to, to come in and take that take his place and I found it really strange. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was it was uh, then 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 it got then it got quite clear. I think we played a couple of Premier League sides I didn't play them. we played a couple of League two and League One games and I played in them. He played in the Premier League games and then obviously I thought hold on a minute I'm not gonna play here. And then I think we we the first game of this just building up to the first game of the season I remember yeah. we played Swansea I wasn't playing, and then I think Neil Warnock done an interview with the South London Press and came out and said he wouldn't swap Julian Speroni for a pair cheque. So I thought, <laughs> what chance have I got then?
0: <laughs>
4: uh, that was that, and then, um, yeah, I found that, that quite difficult. Someone that played regularly for nearly eight years, um, to to be sort of, cast aside and you're not the, the main man anymore was, was 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 difficult it was a real culture shock for me um so yeah i had to just get my head down and, and carry on working there and an opportunity
2: yeah was, was that why you eventually like say so you went to you went to leeds and obviously you ended up at oldham on loan but is that is that why did you just want to get out and play
4: yeah i it was it was again it was it was weird because neil never had a goalkeeper on the bench
3: no, he but doesn't just, do that, does he? Yeah, no. he's, he's weird like
4: that. Yeah, he didn't put one on the bench. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just I just felt I just felt I got to a I got to a point where I just felt lost there to be honest with you. I felt a bit lost. Um I was I'd just moved from a house in Essex. I was I was living near Bilaricky when I was at South End and I was uh, I wasn't playing it at uh, palace. And my son, Aaron, at the time was just getting to that age where he was nearly starting school. And I remember saying to my wife, should we just move home? because I'm I'm sort of in Essex, really, I'm not playing, I was in Essex because I was playing at End. Should we just go home? Because it took me an hour and 25 minutes from from, from Southampton to get to um, Beckenham at the time. And it probably took me nearly an hour to get in from Essex. So I said, we just go home. I could put my son in school and, and we'll see how we go. So off the pitch, I wasn't really getting involved too much. I was still good mates with, you know, Sean Derry, Danny Butterfield, Clint Hills. These guys I still speak to now. But a lot of the social side of it, I wasn't really getting too involved in. And I just felt a little bit lost. And then, like I say, with Julian, become a cult hero there. So it was just getting really tough for me. I, I remember playing against Newcastle. Sellers Park and I think they scored after two minutes and Kevin Nolan literally one-on-one came through score didn't really have much of a chance of making the save and when I picked the ball out of I was getting pelters from the fans and it was just so difficult you know and you know it was it was really tough going in against Cardiff Leeds these games getting a bit of stick from my own fans before I'd even the game would even start it was diff- it was really strange and found it tough so I felt a little bit of an outsider there and not really accepted and um, the club went into administration and um, basically we were told that anyone of any value would be sold and anyone that any other club wanted via loan or transfer would go. I then um, got called in the office and said that Oldham wanted to take me on loan at the time I was like no I don't want to go to Oldham on loan they were like well we need you to go because we're struggling we weren't we weren't really getting paid we were getting you know wages were like first of the month some days we weren't getting paid till nearly the end of the month you know so it was difficult so it was a bit like we need you to go on Oldham on loan so I took a sit back and thought well be playing games I'll, um, my contract was running out, so I would showcase myself again. Um, because if I didn't stay at Palace, obviously I needed something to back up to try and get a new deal somewhere else um, at the end of that season. So um, I then I, I then decided to take it. I, I then went to Oldham on loan and uh, and stayed there for twenty games. I think I must have played there
2: twenty games. Yeah. I remember um, I remember South End playing against Oldham towards the end of that season, it's when uh, we got relegated. It and, was uh, the game that relegated
3: us, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was the game that relegated us. But um what what was that like for you as a player almost? Because you know, seeing us you, you know, you took us to the championship, right? We then got relegated, but is there almost like a an annoyance at seeing that team get relegated, thinking all you know, all that hard work you put in, it's all been almost thrown away.
4: Is is it South End? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, I think um, that was um, yeah. In a, in a way, look, I, I loved Southend, and I'll always be grateful for what what they did for me and and the people there that gave me the opportunity. And it was a strange one because I never ended up going back there. I never had, you know, with like I say, with the with the where where I was, where the club was. I never ended up going back to Rootsall. Um, Again, something in my head. I was like, was always like, oh, I'd love to go. I'd love to get a cup game there, or, or some something happens, and I'd go back. I didn't end up going back there, so I ended up going there playing for Oldham, and then I think it was, uh, I think we drew to all yeah. of them. I think that was probably near the end of the season. Mm. I think that was nearly cemented them, and so yeah, I was gutted. I was, I was, I was because. Um, I had such a strong connection with the club, and just to see it sort of end up where it was was really was you know hard to take really because we built something unbelievable there. You know, from from when I went there, they were you know no disrespect, it was like four thousand people in the ground.
3: Yeah, we played
4: League Two, we were getting beaten by some poor sides, and it wasn't really a lot to to really sing about and so to, to, to build it from the bottom to where we got it. You know I, I look at it again moving you know maybe touch on that later but you know the club I went to Bournemouth to see what Bournemouth have done I honestly believe that's what South End would, would have been capable of achieving stadium training ground to, to you know new training ground or or do up the training ground it had the potential it was going in that direction so to see it you know where it went like you said that olden game to see him getting relegated to back to the bottom tier of you know English football again was was hard to take and um yeah it was it was um yeah, like I said it was to, to play against Southend was something again I always wanted to do, but not under those sort of circumstances really. So it was, um, yeah. it was a uh, you know really sort of a not not, not one of those days. Where it was really a bit of an anti-climax, in, in all fairness.
3: Yeah. Mm. So you mentioned Bournemouth, and just to make that comparison again with Southend, do you think maybe Southend to start with anyway set their store out a little bit too ambitious to go with this massive like. 22,000 stadium which you know we've we've never shown signs of having those numbers yet potentially but you know you, you look at what Bournemouth have done it's been sort of it's been to scale for the size of the club as it is now so do you think we were maybe sort of too ambitious? I think I think at the time I think it was it was it
4: was it was hard to tell you know because I think I remember that towards the end you know especially the last it felt like last couple of seasons there you know we were filling the ground out every week you know it was it was it was filling out from the sides it was it was it was it was rocking so you never really knew the potential or the fan base it could actually go on and have yeah you're probably right would it would would you get 22,000 in, in an all serious set possibly not but then if, if you stayed at that championship level would it push from 10, 11, 12 to maybe 14, 15, come a, a few ways, supporters, if you're doing well, put puts it up to you know around 16, 17, 18,000. Who knows? And then the question is, can you kick on them to the Premier League? Then you might get it right with 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 those numbers, like, like, like a Swansea. I think Swansea's ground yeah. twenty two thousand. You know, I remember playing against Swansea at the Vetchfield and I do know, that's 7,000 people there. Mm. fast forward uh, for however many years they filled that ground at the Liberty Stadium 22,000 as we know we played there we got promoted there and it was full been there plenty of times it's full mm. so it, 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 and then you've got obviously the the next generation of supporters you know you, you go into a new stadium it's, it's all nice it's all you've got an, you know like I say infrastructure training ground these sorts of things attract better players you know better players better team more people want to come and see that this this thing could grow it it just it just unfortunately just hasn 't at the moment so you know if feeling was crossed somewhere down the line it, it does because I generally and i honestly believe it, i say it to so many people that you know being at Bournemouth i i I could see the South end going could go that that same way um and fingers crossed, it will at some point.
2: Yeah, okay. Like so, so you spent what was it? Four years at Bournemouth. After that, after yeah, after I went. Or, or I went to, went, went to Portsmouth. I went to Portsmouth Sorry, yeah.
4: Uh for a for a season. Um, um, they'd just been relegated from the Premier League and just lost in the FA Cup final. I think to Chelsea. And, uh, David James just he left and went to Bristol City. Yeah. So they needed a goalkeeper Their own financial problems probably what gave me the opportunity. Cause again, that was a, that was a club that was, was a big club and it was, it was, it was sort of going well, it just dropped back into the championship from the premier league. And, uh, I, sp- I spoke with the manager there at the time that wanted to get me in, but basically said to me, look, I'm not going to guarantee you're going to play. You know, you might have to be the number two goalkeeper. Here. My brother played there. Um, so I had connections there and it, it took me back home. In all fairness, you know, I was living in Southampton. Southampton Portsmouth's a bit of a rivalry, but I, I've been able to, I'm probably one of rarely rare people that have been able to come over that because of my brother's connections. My Southampton connections, not it, it's not unheard of down down there, but because of obviously my brother. And, uh, I was able to sort of overcome that, so um, it was um, it was tough because you're born in Southampton, you play for Portsmouth, you've got pelters, you would have got hammered, you get hammered, you um, get hammered. But luckily enough, because of that um, affiliation with my brother, and I knew people, a lot of people down there, knew a lot of players at the people at the club, people uh, supporters there, so it was it was it was it was okay. So when that was put to me I just wanted to do it and a little bit of it was a sentimental thing because even though I was cold down one of those that all right tell me I'm not going to play and I'll prove you I will I'm that sort of person so I was you know you probably won't play a lot you'd be on the bench if there's an injury or or a loss of form there yeah, you get your opportunity but if it's all plain sailing and the goalkeeper's doing well you're not going to play okay I'll take that challenge on um so yeah, I went to Portsmouth for a season. And it was it was it was, I didn't get the opportunity, but it's still fantastic of me to, to just sort of for, for a little bit follow my brother's foot brother's footsteps and, and um and 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 be at that club again. Another club that um I am uh, you know, I think a lot of. So um it was um it was probably on the field, probably not great, but off it and then around it, it was it was good.
3: So yeah, from there you um you still get the opportunity to really sort of stay stay at home with um just going and staying down at Bournemouth for a bit.
4: Yeah, and again, it's an, another club that I always uh, always used to enjoy playing against Bournemouth, and like I said, it was um 25 minutes down the road from where I was, and um yeah, it was it was an old um old Southend teammate, Lee Bradbury was manager. And, uh, All right. He, he took um charge of the team at the time and um yeah then it was he, he, I spoke to him towards the end of the season at Portsmouth and um he said well, he really wanted to bring me in um would I be interested I was yeah of course I would definitely um like I say the season at portsmouth was was never really something that had longevity in it the, the, the move that didn't have legs in it really. Um and then the Bournemouth one came up and yeah, I was I was delighted to go to Bournemouth because like I said, again, and I'll keep saying it, but it was again a club that I really um a lot of a, a strong connection with and and really enjoyed my time there and um it was strange going there straight away it was it was tough, a bit a bit similar to like South End really, going there, it was it was a slow transition and then obviously just accelerated. Rapidly um, to the point of them getting into the Premier League.
3: So, were you were you there at that point when you when you get to the Premier League?
4: Yeah, well, the first season I signed, I played 40, 44 league games and cup games. Second season um, was under a new manager, and again, I don't think he he was he wanted to play me again. Probably wanted to bring a, a bigger one in. Um, so in pre-season, I had a shoulder injury. I had, uh, come, for, I came and ended up punching um, a corner. And um, as I went over the top of a player, he grabbed my arm. So when I ended up bouncing off the back of him, pulled my shoulder out of the collarbone. It ripped all my muscles. So I had a, I had a shoulder injury anyway season had started and we we have gone down to Portsmouth and the goalkeeper that came in at the time then played started making quite a few mistakes. Just about to go in for surgery, he then manager came in basically was begging me not to have surgery and, and to play, wanted me back in, he was sort of like, sorry, you know, I know our relationships have been a bit frosty, but you know, I can see I was wrong and I can see how important you are. Will you play? Will you play? Contract was up at the end of the season. I said, "Will it give me another season. I'll do it because the rehab time for my shoulder injury was six months. But I was told that I could probably play still, but eventually it would it would go. So I was like, well, I can't go and play six or seven games and then get injured. And then I can't, I'm out for six, seven months and I'm out of contract. So I need some reassurances. Didn't get it. So I said I can't afford to take that risk. So instead, I um, I had surgery and was out for that season. And um, during that season, that's when Eddie Howe came into the club because that manager I was speaking about lost his job um, at the start after ten games, I think it was. Then Eddie Howe came in. Um, but I was luckily enough I knew Eddie from a time as a as a as a, as a kid because we're similar ages and. Um, I'd actually trained at Bournemouth while I was at Crystal Palace. While I was on loan at Oldham, I went down to Bournemouth to train because story goes, when I signed on loan at Oldham, again it was it was one of those where I was a bit like, don't know, I want to do it. I had a young family at the time, just you know my son was only four. I had a daughter on the way as well. Would I mean I'd have to be up in Manchester most of the week. So I was a bit like I remember saying to the manager, Oldham, I said, look, can I have Mondays off? You know, because it's, you know, down here. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, look, I'll find somewhere to train on a Monday. So as things go on, he said, said to me, look, can you find, why don't you just train down there start the week and come up here on Thursday and Friday. So cut a long story short, I, I knew the goalie coach at Bournemouth. So I asked him, could I come in and just train a couple of days? You know, I won't get in way of anything. I'll come in and, just do the goalkeeping work with you and then I'll, I'll go. I won't start jumping in you know asked to play in the, the tactical stuff with the manager or the small side of the game. We just need mm. to tick over basically. So Eddie, Eddie and the, and the goalie coach Neil Moss at the time, we were, yeah, great. Come on down, you know, it'd be great. So yeah, I ended up training with Bournemouth, but literally I, I did. He started using me in the, the tactical stuff as well. And, <laughs> um, and and it always kept asking me about you know my situation as that season was gradually going to an end. I was at a contract. and he, he was saying to me, he was he was he was jokingly asking me would I take these these offers, which obviously at the time were really low, and we were you know we would joke about it. A bit. But um, yeah, it was it was it was strange that when when he actually came in, he signed, and he just you know he was like ah, said. I knew I'd eventually get you. He said, i am just of <laughs> injured. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was funny how that, how that came back around. Obviously, he came back from, from Burnley. And um, I it. Funny old game. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. It's sometimes swings in roundabouts a bit. And um, people you meet along the way sometimes, you know, like sometimes, like you say, you'll, you'll be good to people on your way up. Because you might meet them on your way down, those sorts of things, you know. So it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, um, crazy then. Eddie came in, and I say it was, it was fantastic, you know. uh, Work we did in training, tactical knowledge, how we set the team up, was 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 fantastic again. And then you just knew you were onto something, you know. Unfortunately, you know, one of my biggest regrets is I just seem to hit my period of injuries around that time I just seemed every every time I used to take you know, two steps forward I'd take two back I'd come in I'd come in um, pre-season I played around Real Madrid in pre-season for Bournemouth um, and then picked an injury up in the first championship game before Charlton so I didn't play then I had to sit on the bench and then goalie that played at the time got sent off after 20 odd minutes against Leeds. So I went on against Leeds, saved the penalty, put in a performance at Elland Road. And after the game, uh, Eddie said, you're, you're going to be playing. You're, you know, you're, you're going to be starting the, the games now. During the game, I'd come and taken a cross and... Um, was it Noel Hunt? Noel Hunt Noel was <gasps> a striker at the time. Yeah. Getting involved now. <laughs> uh, the other one um, drove his knee into my quad, and I didn't really think anything of it at the time. But when the game finished and the adrenaline wasn't pumping, uh, my quad was killing me. Anyway, cut a long story short, it split my quad muscles. I had a three-inch tear there. So we were playing Millwall on the Saturday. And I couldn't. I couldn't play. I had, a, I had to have a. Um, plasma replacement injection, and, and um, I was out for six weeks, six weeks, and came back in. Um, then I got to a point again, I got back in, and we were uh, just about to play Birmingham. And in training, uh, ball, you know, the ball's moved now, as I was just about to, to catch a shot, the, the ball moved in the top of my thumb pushed my thumb all the way back and ripped all my ligaments in my hand. So I, they, they, they flew me out to Italy. I had to go to Rome to have an operation, which was another funny story. I ended up going out to Italy, no idea what was going on with an Italian doctor. And it was, it was around about Christmas. And I went to the hotel and I had no information on anything. They just literally put me in a car to Heathrow. I stopped off at my house put a few clothes in a suitcase and I was like saying to the doctor, doc, how, how long am I, how long am I going to be out there for? Oh, not, not long, not long, not long. Okay. So I literally ends up going to Heathrow, I guess on a plane to Rome, I gets met by a liaison officer in Italy, it's this Italian woman, no idea, uh, in a hotel, hotel, you know, how long are you staying for? I don't know, I don't know, how long am I booked in for? Is it we booked in for a week? I was like, am I? <laughs> So I ended up uh, going to uh, going to a clinic in Rome, speaking to somebody. They then took me down to an operating theatre. So I was like, "What? <laughs> Nobody, like a needle in me?" I was out. I woke up and I'm in a ho- I'm in a hospital in Italy in Rome, on my own, <laughs> like scratching my head, thinking, "What's going on here?" <laughs> so I ended I ended up out in Rome for four days, five days just sitting in my I ended up just going out sightseeing, so it was uh, a <laughs> great time, but like I said, but um, sorry, I'm getting off track a bit here. Um,
2: oh, no, you can be in worse places, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so,
4: um, yeah, so, um, yeah it just seems to always, it just always seemed that something would happen and injury would come up, and, um, yeah, Then eventually, eventually, um, I understood, I understood the you know, club then, we brought in a couple of goalkeepers, Lee Camp, who I work with now at Birmingham. Arthur Boric then came in. Um uh, and you know, club was moving forward whenever I got back in. You know, it was good. Eddie would get keep me involved. Um, I'd been on the bench a few times. Actually can't actually come on against Derby, I think, in my last year there. Um yeah, then when we got into the Premier League, because of the twenty-five man rule, it was going to be hard to keep. So that's when you know beginning the beginning of, of what we were talking about. Then you know, we were talking maybe coaching. I was 30, 37, 30, 38 at the time. So yeah, that's where that um, that's how that sort of ended there at Bournemouth. So, but like I say, it was it was, it was fantastic and, and to be just to be part of that. Acceleration of that football club was fantastic.
2: Yeah.
3: So, um, yeah, just as that, like, we'll start to we'll start to wind it down. We we'll just um, we'll, we'll move back to sort of where you are now. How um, obviously we had this we had this lockdown. You've been you know you've been able to get back in to to do some training. How, how's that? How's that training been since you've since you gone back?
4: Yeah, it's been challenging um, because you've you've got to you've got to think of social distancing. So it's, it's it has been quite challenging, you know. Um, the, the first week going back in, I thought I would just try and put like a mini pre-season down for the goalkeepers. So, um, you know, to start off with, first I'm thinking, right, I'm going to put technical sessions on, so it's going to be a lot of the ball, a lot of the goalkeeper feeling the ball, different sort of, um, different service, uh movements and then you know you're jotting bits down I'm going through you know film on my train sessions I'm going back to some of my sessions I've filmed and then I'm thinking Christ I can't do that because they're quite close to each other so I can't do that so then you're just constantly having to change things um so yeah that's been challenging but yeah I've yeah I've sort of just basically tried putting a technical and condition in sort of couple of weeks in to to get them used to feeling the ball, get them fit again, because it's been long. You know, the, the, the time they've had out um, since the lockdown, it's been longer than the off season. We would yeah. have had it. yeah Yeah. Oh, so, um, and then trying to get them up to speed within. You know, I think we're looking at maybe the week from this next Saturday, our game's starting again. Mm. So, so trying to get them up to speed as quickly as possible without. Obviously, worrying about, you know, about injuries as well. So, yeah, but but you know they're they're in a good place. They look sharp and you know they're fit.
3: So, um, was the like the sort of mood, mood pretty good? No, no one kind of a bit wary about coming back. Not that, not that
4: I know of. Um, when when obviously going back in, um, I have a goalkeeping area at the training ground and. I'm sort of left to organise the goalkeepers and we're sort of over there. Everyone else is over here. So we're sort of left on our own. So for the first you kind
3: of isolated anyway. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. 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 It's great. I never had to deal with any of that. I was just <laughs> over there in the cage on me. own, so no one really uh, bothered me. Um, so we were sort of, you know, yeah, you're sort of isolated because you're not integrating with the squad. You know, it's not like a normal, Working day where you where you, where you work with the goalkeepers and in they'd integrate with the squad and, and maybe do some tactically or play small sided games. It was just you know playing with me, um, and then it was the way the way that the, the the protocol is not to come in contact with anyone else other than my group. So it'd be basically, you wouldn't really speak a lot to the staff. I would basically go off, make sure that they followed the procedure then leaving the training ground and then leaving the training ground I had to do my own procedure and then close the gates on the way out and, and I had to go plan my sessions design my sessions at, at home and as you can see with my daughter coming it's difficult because <laughs> uh, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting at my desk trying to, to design training sessions to benefit the goalkeepers and yeah. normally I'm doing it in my office at the training ground so it's uh, that's been challenging but um, we're sort of um getting into near we're sort of near contact training now um still obviously with social distancing and all regulations that we've all got to follow so we're gradually sort of getting there but it is it is it is difficult it is challenging um but um yeah like i said it it is how it is and again it's again it's something that's uh it's always good to be to be challenged and, and um, yeah this is just, it's just just another another obstacle that we got to try and get over yeah
2: yeah, yeah. obviously before all this <laughs> this um lockdown happened um you've obviously seen or at least heard the uh, the shambles that's been south in this season but we obviously tried to get um one of your keepers on emergency loan didn't we but uh we we couldn't get it was that right
4: yeah, yeah.
2: cargo whatever it was at the time
4: yeah yeah that would have that would have been Connell, Connell truman um yeah, it was um it was close. It was close, but um yeah, I think um yeah, it was it was it was it was probably it would have been good for good for Connell to 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 have to have gone to South End to play games, but um it was I think when, when we had to really think about it, you know, we thought as a club the way things we, we, we probably had to keep him um with us. Um, like I said, if that opportunity arises again, you know, I'll be the first to to, to tell him to go and, <laughs> and play. And you know, um, say, great club, great supporters, and and hopefully, if that comes up for him again, he, he you know he
2: could go there. Yeah, just 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 on that, but from your point of view, obviously, we we're we playing a lot of kids this year. Would that be a good thing for the keeper, sort of going in front of a, an inexperienced back four, or, or or not? You know, I would, I would, yeah,
4: I would just tell him to, you know, I'd tell him to embrace it. And if there is a, if there is a inexperienced back four or a young back four, step up to the plate and and organise them and show show them the right direction. And and if you're going to get into it, You'll you, you start doing your you know, nuts and bolts of goalkeeping. Like I say, you, you'll probably put in situations that you probably wouldn't with more experience, probably better players, but you have to go through this sometimes to come out the other side. You have to play in, in these things. And at a time, sort of it frustrates you, but you come out of it a better goalkeeper for it, a better player for it. And you start to realise as well, don't start getting too involved in, in, in some things that are going on. Just concentrate on your job and the team will benefit from you performing and doing your job well. Because sometimes you can go, and you know, I've done it myself, play in front of inex- inexperienced defenders and they're doing things and you get frustrated. So as goalkeeper, you start doing things, you start coming out for crosses that you shouldn't. You start trying to mop up behind the back four and, and defend that space when sometimes you would just drop off and someone would head it back or play it back to you or they would deal with it and you start... Start doing things you wouldn't normally do. So these things, as a young goalkeeper, is good to learn, and the best way of learning is playing. You know, so it would be, you know, for me, I'll be the first one to go go in there and earn stripes, and and if if it needs organising,
2: you'd be the one to do it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So um, just just before we do go, then, um, what would you say was your best game for Southend? Uh
4: Ah. Uh... There's a lot uh, to pick from. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Uh, I suppose you know the League One, se- you know, League One season. I won the PFA League One Player of the Year. You know that was because of a lot of good performances in in, in the games. Championship season was great as well because we were under the cost quite a lot that season. So I had quite a lot of a lot of uh, games where I had quite a lot to do. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to say Manchester United, or probably even the Tottenham uh, one nil defeat. While Lane would, would probably be up there because, like, like I said, it's you're, you're doing it against those those sorts of players. Um, you know, as as we've gone to see, you know, probably the best player in the world, or one of the best players we'll ever see. So, I'd probably say those Manchester United, maybe or, or, or Tottenham but yeah. <laughs> cheers,
2: cheers, mate. I really appreciate yeah, it.
4: Cheers, like, no, really no, 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 I've enjoyed it. I appreciate you letting me come on. Um, yeah. Sorry, I've gone on a little bit, but um, no, no, really no it's brilliant.
2: It's um, always good to have a little trip down memory lane as well when it was these Yeah, been, yeah, absolutely.
4: Like I said, it was, it was, it was, it was the best years of my my career. Uh, Loved my time there, and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day I'm, I'm I'm able to go back. I actually did play in a in a um charity game there. Yeah, yeah, we were there. My, yeah, yeah. Yeah, last season. So um yeah, it would be good. One day hopefully I can I can go back there and um, you know, show a bit of appreciation to everyone because like I said, I never got the opportunity to go back there as a player when I left there. Um like I said, yeah, it'd be great if that could happen one day. Like I said, it was the best years of my career and um loved it, loved the supporters and, and the people there. So Yeah, you
2: know. You know, come back as a goalie coach.
4: I can still
2: turn, you know, I'm nearly forty-three. I still think I've got a bit too on so. <laughs> Oh, yeah, top man. Honestly, mate, really appreciate it. You're yeah, welcome. Cheers, I
3: know you me. um I I know you've uh, you spoke to Chris a uh, little Chris Phillips a little while ago. We um yeah. we were putting the, the stuff out on Twitter like a couple of months ago of all the footage from that league one season. If yes. You, if 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 you haven't got any of that, I I can send you all that across, all your all your highlights from that. Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: That'd <laughs> be great. great yeah, it's always it's, again it's it's, it's different because back then you didn't really didn't really have any of that. You know, you'd watch probably clips on you know um, on the Sky Sports or something like that. you don't really get the opportunity to get that footage. So yeah, that'd be great. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. So no, think, I'll um yeah, we'll send something across. Train my goalkeepers out, it's done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <clears throat> right yeah, anyway, yeah cheers yeah. So, mate. I yeah. really appreciate it top man top man, man. Welcome. Thanks to mate. Lovely. all the best mate
3: bye bye Thanks. Yeah. see you mate well here we go good old Flavs top
2: top guy what a legend I hope it come across how sort of nice he was yeah
3: right. oh, I, I'm sure it will I'm, I'm sure yeah. it will
2: yeah, but um, mentioned it before, see, but it's just yeah, just to shame the way it ended, I'm, I'm st- still like annoys me when I when I hear these players talk about it. You know, they should be rewarded, not
3: treat them like shit. So because it yeah, it may sound odd, but it it weren't like he was asking for a lot, was it?
2: Not really, not really. just asking for some reassurance. You know, but I'm not... He's yeah, it, it, a weird one. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on from we're well, going back a bit. But go on from Flabs leaving. Mildenhall weren't the best, but he, I don't think I, I don't think I was nervous with Mildenhall. You know, he was. I don't think I was nervous with him. In fairness,
3: he wasn't amazing. Mild- Mildenhall that- suffered like because similar to Oxley when Oxley first came in, like, Oxley didn't have the greatest of starts, did he? But. <sighs> Mildenhall and Oxley both came to the club when they were replacing huge fan favourite goalkeepers. Yeah. That's that's hard. Yeah. That, that is, is hard because if you, if you don't hit the ground running, the fans aren't going to have you. And, you know, he said it himself, didn't he, about when he was at Palace with Spironi. They they weren't going to take to him because they loved Julian Spironi so much.
2: Yeah, they, it makes... It kind of makes sense. He's it. it's, it's just so weird, but... It's just so weird, but you, no, you are right. Going back to that, I mean, I think the, I don't mean to be rude, but I, I think the most nervous I've been with goalies has probably been a mixture of either Oxy or Paul Smith. All right, and I think if if you're a fan and you're nervous, you're probably gonna be nervous as a player or as a centre half, mm-hmm. and it ain't good. Yeah, that 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 goes through the team. That that no, nerve, mm-hmm. that them nerves go from back to front and.
3: You know, another one I've that. just thought of who weren't who wasn't particularly big, but was a very good goalkeeper for us was Cameron Belford. Cameron Belford was great for us. I loved him. He was great but for us. He was another one very very similar to Flabs in terms of stature. We got to try and game
2: on. Actually, I'm mean, going be a right laugh.
3: I want to know one thing you're looking forward to about next season.
2: I can name honestly quite a few things if if hopefully football goes back to normality. Sure. Let's, have, let's have a couple then. Let's, let's have, have a couple. Back to normality, we can make signings and there's fans, whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to think that we'll will be okay. I'm not sure yet, but I mean, in an ideal world, we'll be okay. You know, finish 14th, 16th, something like that. Mm-hmm. Make some signings that actually look like they want to play, look like they want to be here. You know. That, that sort of thing This season has been so bad It's just sucked the life out of me I've been mm. watching players That clearly don't want to be here Whether it's Whether it's They don't want to be Because they don't like it Because they're souls Because they're not getting paid I don't know But it's just obvious They don't want to be here I'm just You know go, You you think back to that team Or sorry That five years in the league Two, It weren't all bad There was some crap no. in it But it weren't all bad For the majority of the time We were we were one of the better teams In that league Yeah Away with we'd, we'd win our fair share games, we'd take a good following to places, and you know, we were we were almost one of the big dogs in that league. Yeah, we were. We in terms of club size,
3: we will be again,
2: yeah. So I'm 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 honestly because I've had my mind focusing it for so long, I'm looking forward to it. The issue obviously is is in this current climate, what happens, hmm. then we get into a whole whole different scenario. You know, can we sign players? Are players gonna want to sign? Are we going to have to play an entire youth team? Are we going to have a manager? Can we even watch the fucking thing? You know, do you know what I mean? It's going to be a nightmare. Mm. So,
3: um, but yeah, let's let's pretend we know it's normal.
2: Yeah. If it's going to and be it's... normal, I'm genuinely... All right, I'm not buzzing for it, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Throughout some a of the grounds I haven't been to before. I've got week, three. I've, I've
3: got at least three. Yeah. Obviously, it will depend on what happens with the National League playoffs. But I've got... Uh, Salford, Forest Green, and Barrow will all be new ones for me.
2: But yeah, so I- I'm I'm honestly looking forward to it. In an way. you want to know that. what I'm
3: looking forward to? Go on. The kit. Yeah, because for yeah. one final time this season, one final time, to- that fucking kit that we wore this season, <laughs> one of the biggest abominations I've ever seen. Oh, shocking, isn't it? And I, this might be a bit out of turn. I don't care. I hope someone lost their job <laughs> What, at night at just sport
2: yeah for, for even design even even thinking about it it's been for thing. even
3: for even putting that that away shirt that <laughs> uh, that away shirt with that print across the front, whoever came up with that, I hope you're out of work well i mean i i'm i you know, not to not to
2: blow me on trumpet, but when that kit got announced, I did say it "scream relegation."
0: So yeah, and
3: some some people, person, questioned how a kit could scream relegation. Then also went on to talk about last year's recruitment in the same <laughs> sentence.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so
3: how can a kit scream relegation? Last year we made good signings.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so. I mean, I did I did call the relegation earlier. I should have put a bet on it. But, I mean, seeing Kevin Bond, we'll, we'll get on to... Well, fuck, it, this is another story. Yeah, we're, we're going to
3: be here, all night. There will be be here a se- all night. There will be a season review to come. So, yeah, technically this was the last in the series in terms of guests. But we have decided that we are going to do a season review because as, as we've been chatting through the week, we've kind of just reminded ourselves of, you know, a lot happened this season so we're going to we're going to dissect it or try our best to dissect it so yeah until then see you later yeah